What's going on, everybody? I'm Pastor Josh, and you are listening to another episode of the Preach That Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Preach That Podcast. As you can tell, if you're on YouTube, uh, I am not in my studio. I am not anywhere, actually. I am in my truck. Um, I don't understand why life's been so crazy. I don't look because I'm backing out of my driveway. It's kind of twisty, turdy, curvy, you know, the thing. Um, also, I, my, my tires are kind of loud. I've got kind of bigger tires on my truck. And so I, I don't even know if this is going to be usable, to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm going to get to use this. Uh, I just don't know. It may be too noisy, too much background noise. I, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm on my way out to get us dinner on Wednesday night. Uh, but life's just been nuts lately for whatever reason. And I, I like woke up this morning and realized, wait a minute, I, I don't have a podcast ready to go. Um, and so I, I do apologize that it's been so hectic. Um, I'm trying to get my life together, <laughs> but hopefully this works. I hope it's not too shaky and too noisy. I feel like it's a little bit crooked. I will edit it as much as I can. And then if it works, I'll use it. And if it doesn't, perfect. Um, especially with the audio, if it's too noisy, because I, whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, whatever, um, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you guys to listen to uh, an episode of a podcast that has a ton of background noise. So, hopefully, it's not too bad. Anyways, uh, life's been nuts lately, so I'm kind of doing my thing, uh, trying to get everything squared away and situated. So, with that being said, this will not be as long of an intro as usual, as you can probably guess. Um, And I'm getting ready to cross some railroad tracks, so you're probably going to see a cut. uh, And then hopefully the video will smooth out a little bit. Okay, those tracks, I've got two sets of tracks close to my house. They're both rough, so I mean, it was pointless in trying to get over those without having to cut something out. Um, Fortunately, hopefully, life should be getting a little bit closer to normal again now. Uh, the kids had their first day of school today. Uh, Allie's a preschool teacher at the boys' school. So it, it's great. That works out really well for everybody. She uh, had Zeke in her class last year. She'll have Caleb in a couple of years. Um, so that's pretty sweet that she gets to be their teacher for a, a year, but also just be in the building with them if they need something. Many times Peter would go find her last year if he had a headache. He ended up having to get glasses uh, for whenever he reads and stuff. But it's just nice that she gets to be in the building. It's such a blessing, and it's it just gives me so much peace knowing that everybody is in one building together. They're safe. They're loved. They're cared for. It's a Christian school, so they're learning Bible. They're getting prayed over. They're getting prayed for. They're praying over and for others. It's just awesome. It's a great place. Uh, I'm so thankful that our kids get to go there and that uh, Allie gets to teach there. But it was our first day of school today, which means Fridays will be getting a little bit more normal Uh, When I started all this, I would always go uh, to my office at the church and record an episode of the podcast or record whatever I had to record because that was, I had the day to myself or to do whatever either needed to be done at home or the church or whatever. Uh, When they're not in school, I always feel guilty about doing that. Allie's awesome. She always tells me to go, like she's got everything under control and she's obviously more than capable of taking care of things around the house. But I just feel so guilty, like leaving to go do this kind of stuff. So I always try to squeeze it in when I'm at the church or find a different way. But I'm hoping that uh, with being in school and Fridays, we'll get back a little bit more back to normal. Um, I, and I know next week's episode will be will be rock solid, good to go, because uh, Brandon is coming with me Friday morning to record and go figure. We're going to Chicago. So um, 
but I and I so I wanted to plan ahead for that. Brandon was gracious enough; he's got to work uh, later on that morning. He did I think like the middle day shift um, on Friday, but he was gracious enough to come to the church. Or he's going to be gracious enough to come to the church earlier with me that Friday morning. Record so next week will be good to go, and then hopefully uh, we'll be continue rolling after that. But this week's episode, I'll, I'll get to it so that way hopefully I can get out of the out of the intro with whatever issues may or may not be going on with the intro video. Um, this week is the message that I preached on Sunday. Uh, it's called, Where Are You Walking? And somebody just honked. I don't think they were honking at me, but it's called, Where Are You Walking? And it's along the lines of similar messages that I've preached recently, similar videos that I've shared on uh, social media, um, just uh, a similar topic to what I've been discussing a lot lately. But I feel like God is really pulling, and I just saw another pastor sharing this uh, on his uh, on a reel today, that God is really drawing us back to the simplicity of the gospel, the cross, Christ crucified, and what comes from that, walking in the spirit as opposed to the flesh. Uh, for this for this podcast, for this message, we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and we see the contrast in that passage where verse 1 tells us that we used to walk in our dead sins and transgressions, and verse 10 tells us that we should walk in the good works that God has ordained for us to do, not because it saves us, but because it's a result of being saved. And so that is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, is the heart and soul of this message this episode of the podcast. Sorry, I got to listen to my turn signal. I shouldn't have done that. Um, so it's, uh, I feel like I may or may not have gotten really worked up during this message. Uh, it was, I was very excitable. Um, I don't know if I'm going to leave it on there or not. I don't know if they were recording. Um, but before the, I got started the message, I had to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. There was a young man that I met that morning uh, and I don't know if he's been there or not. I'm having breakfast with him, breakfast with him on Friday after Brandon and I record the podcast. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm excited to hang out with Stephen. Uh, God, he came around, he shook my dad's hand, he shook my hand, a couple of people, and then he went back and sat down. This is right before service started. And the Lord just impressed on me. The Holy Spirit told me to call him out in a good way, in a righteous way, um, but to let him know that God has a calling and an anointing over his life. Um, and that he was there for a reason. And I said some other things and I, I, I'll probably take it out, but I wanted to share that because the Holy Spirit is moving. He, God is pouring out his spirit in the last days on all flesh. Like the prophet Joel tells us, like Peter tells us it's happening. It's happening right now. And being a couple uh, episodes ago, it was the last episode, or a couple episodes ago, um, episode that was titled nothing else about just getting into the presence of God, just worshiping the Lord. Nothing else matters except for him and his presence and what he has for you in your life. And that has just been an overwhelming theme along with the battle between the flesh and the spirit. It wasn't even in my notes. I wasn't planning on sharing it, but I did end up grabbing my Bible and flipping to Galatians chapter five and reading the verses where it tells us that our flesh and our spirit are at war with one another and that our flesh keeps us from doing the things that we want to do. It's we've got to battle the flesh like never before. Um, it's so, man, I talk about it all the time and I can't, I can't seem to get past that, that scripture, that idea. Um, but I think it's because it's so important 
right now in this day and age. So that's all I've got for you for the intro. I'm going to cut it a little bit shorter than usual just because I am driving and I'm not in my normal spot. I, I don't I don't even know if this is going to work. If you're seeing this, praise God, it worked. Um, if you're, I'm gonna, if this doesn't work, I'll mention that later that I did this, um, and I will go sit in my truck when I'm not moving, or wait till everybody goes to bed and record at my desk over in the living room at the house. Whatever happens, happens. But I'm gonna do my best to get an episode up tonight, Wednesday, like on the day that's supposed to go live. So, thank you guys for bearing with me, for being gracious as I'm attempting to get all this stuff up and going and figured out. I love you guys so much. Make sure that you check out the link tree in the description for social medias, uh, podcast audio. If you're listening on podcast audio, Apple or Spotify, you can find the YouTube link there. The merch link's there. Patreon is there. Five bucks a month. You can support what God's doing. When we get to 15 patrons on Patreon, I'm going to do a giveaway and give somebody a free piece of merch, whatever you want on the merch store. I'm coming up with more designs that I will hopefully get added in the next week or two. So if you've been looking at that at all, if you've been surfing the, the site and nothing's grabbed your eye, make sure you keep checking back regularly because I'm going to be adding more stuff to that. So I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I will see you on the next one. So we've got, we've got a word from the Holy Spirit. We've got confirmation in this place. So there's something special coming for you, man. I can, I, I don't feel it in my flesh. I can feel it in the spirit, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit today. And maybe that's why this message was so difficult to prepare. Um, Allie thinks I came to bed at 3.30 this morning. I went to bed at 5 o'clock this morning after getting done with this because I was wrestling with the Lord all night trying to, honestly, if we're just going to be real and honest, he was trying to get me out of my flesh and into the spirit so that way I could learn this and understand it on a new and deeper and greater level so I could bring this message and this understanding to you guys as well. So I know that there are people in this church that pray for our pastors here, that pray for our leadership and everything. I, I appreciate you because without that prayer and without my wife praying with me, even though she called me like seven different times, and are you coming to bed yet? Are you coming to bed yet? Are you coming to bed yet? And I was, as I was wrestling with this message with the Lord, I appreciate those prayers. Uh, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter two to start this morning. And uh, I'll let you, give you just a second to get there. Does anybody else feel the presence of God in this house today? I, I'm like, like almost trembling. My body's like shaking up here. I just feel the weight of the Holy Spirit so heavy in this church through this morning. And I, I want you guys to know that he is here and you are here for a reason as well. So Ephesians chapter two, we're gonna read the first 10 verses. Uh, if you wanna turn there in your Bible or the Bible app or they'll be on the screen as well. And there it says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word that is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And I ask that you would use your word to pierce our hearts and our spirits this morning, that only the words that you would have spoken here today be heard by the spirits that are here and listening later online. God, I ask that you would anoint my lips as I bring your word, that only truth would come from them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, I As I was reading this, and I... And I that God gave me the title for this message, and, and I started to kind of research wa- the word walking, and it comes up, and I, I did some research, and it, I saw like 60 plus different places in scripture where the word walking or walk was used, and we use it all the time in our own lives. We talk about our walk with God, or we ask, hey brother, how's your walk with the Lord? And we, we talk about our walk, my walk, this, and we talk about walking all the time. And it's a, it's a good question. There's nothing wrong with saying, how's your walk with the Lord? But I think a better question, a question that goes deeper down to the root of the, what this question is actually seeking out. And that question is not necessarily how is your walk, but it's where are you walking? I want to talk about where we are walking today because in Ephesians chapter 2, those 10 verses that we just read, they give us two answers to that question. They give us two answers to the question, where are you walking? In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, I want to read those again so we can see option number one. And it says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. It tells us that option number one is to walk in the sins and the trespasses that we walked in when we were dead. And I think it's something that we forget a lot of times, and I've mentioned it before, but it's worth repeating. And not as a negative way, not as a condemnation way, not as a something to look back and be sad upon, but it's actually something to look back and rejoice over the fact that we were all once dead in our sins and our trespasses. We were once dead before Christ crucified our flesh and made us new creations in him. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross that made me a new creation in him. But even though I'm a new creation, I still have the choice to walk in that deadness and those sins and those trespasses. I have a choice where I walk today. I say it all the time. The reason that the rear view mirror is so much smaller than the windshield is because it's only to be checked every once in a while. It's not for actually driving forward. If I tried to drive, I'm decent going backwards. I can back up a trailer. We back the boat up all the time down the ramp, and I do that all by myself. Big deal. I'm great at backing up some stuff, but if you got me on the interstate of the highway trying to drive backwards looking in the rearview mirror, it's not going to end well for anybody around. The windshield is bigger for a reason because we are to move forward. The rearview mirror is there so we can look back and we can remind ourselves of where we've come from. We can remember our testimony to share with others. We can make sure that these sins and trespasses that we were once dead in aren't trying to creep up on us again. But we are to go forward, but we have a choice. One of our choices is to walk in our flesh. That's what it really means. That's what, what Paul is really talking about when he says walk in your dead and your sins and your trespasses is walking in our flesh. We still have the choice to do that as believers, as followers of Christ. It's up to us if we're going to walk in our flesh or not. For some reason, the Lord has had this topic on my mind, whether it's a preaching a message or recording a podcast or just talking on the phone with somebody. I've interacted online with several people, and this topic always comes up. 
And I really, truly believe that this is one of the most important things for the church to grasp and understand today. And I'm sure that we're all familiar with a couple verses in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. And it says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It says, just as I have loved you, you cannot love others the way that Christ loved them by walking in your flesh. You can love them in an earthly way, in a fleshly way, but you cannot love them the way that Christ loves us when you are in the flesh. If we want to love one another and make it known that we are followers of Christ, that we are his disciples, then we must love one another. And we can't do that properly or well if we are in our flesh. Can I be honest this morning? I feel like it's just a morning for honesty. Some of you guys are not easy to love. And I mean that in a loving way. I told first service, if I need to come sit in these chairs and preach the rest of this message, I will, because I'm right there with you. You can ask my wife, less than 24 hours ago, I was not easy to love. And I think a reason, okay, that's enough, you two. I think a reason that I had to labor over this message so much is because of the amount of time that I spent in my flesh 24 hours ago. Can we just be honest today? We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are. We all are tempted to walk in our flesh because that's exactly where Satan wants us to be. He convinces us that walking in the flesh is going to make us feel better. It's going to make us look better. It's going to make us sound better. It's going to make us more powerful. It's going to make us more popular because he wants us in our flesh. Because if we're in our flesh, we can't love each other properly. And if we can't love each other properly, no one will want anything to do with us as Christians. I worked at Monocles Aaron Sullivan for five or six years and I talked to all the servers that always worked there. Their least favorite day of the week to work is Sunday afternoon. Because Christians, people that call themselves Christians, will go in there after church, after they hear a message about walking in the Spirit, and they will march their flesh right up in there, and this isn't good enough, and that's not good enough, and you're horrible, and you don't know what you're doing. It's a simple example, but that's another example of what loving each other does not look like. And if this comes across as harsh, please forgive me. This is not a message of condemnation. I know that what we're talking about today, Satan wants you to hear Pastor Josh is up there yelling at me, telling me I'm a horrible person, and he's condemning me for the way that I acted. Listen, if that was the case, I wouldn't be up here today. This is conviction from the Holy Spirit, and I'm only telling you because he told me yesterday and many days before that. No amens over here. But walking in the flesh makes everything in our Christian life so much harder than it needs to be. So much harder than it needs to be. What does walking in the flesh really look like? Ephesians 2 verse 3 tells us exactly what it looks like. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Walking in the flesh really means walking according to my will and desires as opposed to God's. If anybody ever comes up to you and asks, if God's so great and so loving, why does all the evil in the world, tell them you. 
And they're going to be really shocked, but guess what? They're going to listen because now you've accused them of something and they want to know why. Say, why is there so much evil in the world? Say you. And they're going to say, huh? And you're going to say, because we were by nature, by nature, because of the fall, because of what happened in Genesis 1, because of what happened at the beginning of the book, we are by nature children of wrath. Like who? Like the rest of mankind. The difference is we recognize it and are willing to humble ourselves and say, yes, I was a child of wrath. I was wicked like the rest of mankind, but I'm submitting myself to Christ so that I can take the righteousness that he has imputed upon me, upon myself. So I can take the work that he did on the cross and apply it to my life so that I don't have to be a child of wrath by nature anymore. Do you understand that when you're a new creation in Christ, that child of wrath nature that you were born with is stripped from you? You are a new creation. It says in this, in this chapter that we just read that you are seated in the heavenly places with Christ. How can you be a child of wrath and be seated with Christ at the same time? You can't. But Satan will convince you that you are a child of wrath because you want, he wants you to be in the flesh that comes with it. That's why this is so important. We say God's will be done. We, we recite the prayer and we say, oh, Lord, we want you. But the moment something comes up that's better for us or that's going to feel better for us, it's like, oh, okay, your will next time. Maybe, maybe, next, maybe next Sunday. I, I didn't want to make my, my new best friend over here feel uncomfortable this morning. I could have been like, well, if he comes back, then maybe I'll tell him or I'll wait till after service. But God told me to speak that over his life in front of everybody so that way there's accountability here now. If I don't do my job as the person that God is using to br bring that message, that's on me. If I walk in the flesh and be like, man, that's too difficult. I want to go spend time doing this or doing that. I don't want to disciple anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. That's exactly what Satan wants. He wants me to get in my flesh. There's other things that are more important. You've got a job. You've got church. You've got a family. You've got kids. You've got other stuff going on. You've got all this stuff, new house remodels, everything else. You don't have time for that. He wants me in my flesh. Walking in the flesh is when we compare what God wants to what we want and then choose what we want. It's a choice. It's not an easy choice. Satan's really cunning and sly with the way that he does things. He's, he's a really good manipulator. He's really good at, at trickery and lies. It's kind of his native tongue but it's up to us, it's a choice to see through the lies. One of the ways that you can tell if you're walking in the Spirit or not is the fruits of the Spirit. I'm sure we're all familiar with the fruits of the Spirit. We're gonna to go to Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23 briefly so we can go over those again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. These are the fruits of the Spirit. But if there are fruits of the Spirit, I also believe that there are probably fruits of the flesh. There is evidence to where we are walking. Our shoes are going to be dirty or they're going to be clean, depending on if we're walking on the sidewalk or if we're walking in the mud. Where we walk, there will be evidence that we are walking there. And I think that we don't see this all the time because, like I just said, Satan is so sly and crafty with the way that he manipulates us and the way that he twists things, that he covers things up and camouflages them. The enemy has convinced us 
especially in this day and age. And look, sexual immorality is preached on in the Bible repeatedly. So I know that it's not a new found thing, but it becomes more and more popular every single day. And the enemy has convinced us that the fruits of the spirit is lust instead of love. The fruit of the flesh is lust. Whether that's a, a sexual lust, if you're looking at a woman or a man, depending on which other one you are inappropriately. It can also be, I, I, have, I have lusted after belongings and coveted belongings and, and looked at things that other people have and just wish so badly I had that. He has convinced us that lust is love. He's convinced us that happiness is joy. Happiness is a fruit of the flesh. I preached an entire message on it one time before. Happiness is a temporary feeling that is based on your circumstances. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord does not falter or fade or wither or get blown away by the storm. I have been in some of the worst times in my life and I was not happy, but I had the joy of the Lord. You can be in the midst of the greatest loss of your life, but if you know that that person knows Christ, there is joy even in that moment of sorrow because you know you will see them again one day. Another fruit of the flesh that Satan likes to to manipulate us with is quiet instead of peace. I have gone through some of the worst, most difficult, most gut-wrenching battles in the quiet. But I did not have peace. Satan has convinced us that if everything's quiet, and I'm not even just talking about audibly, if there's not a bunch of people that are bugging you about something, if there was a problem at work and it seems like it went away and there's, there's quiet surrounding whatever that topic is, that is not peace. If it comes from the world and our circumstances around us, it's not peace. Peace comes from the Lord through the Holy Spirit. This one took me a little bit of time because I was very confused at first. And none of these, this isn't in, the fruit of the flesh is not in scripture. This is what I believe the Lord has showed me while reading about these other things in scripture. So none of this is gospel. Don't take this to the bank and say, well, this Pastor Josh said it, this is exactly what it means. These are some examples to show you of the lies that the enemy has placed in our life. And whenever he told me that loyalty is a lie compared to faithfulness, loyalty is the fruit of the flesh because loyalty comes and goes. Loyalty also is blown around by the wind. I can use my loyalty to Jake to get something out of him I really want to. I can be loyal to him to a fault until he does or says whatever I want he can manipulate or I can manipulate him. But I can be loyal to someone without putting faith in them. You can't be faithful to somebody and not put your faith in them. And then the worst part is that Satan tricks us into being loyal to the wrong people and the wrong things. He convinces us to be loyal to our flesh. We will hold on to some sins, and I did this for years in my life. We will hold on to some sins in our life because we feel a sense of loyalty to them. You understand how twisted that is how evil that is. We are convinced that because we won't let go of this one thing, that we're, being, we're doing something noble by being loyal to it instead of faithful to Christ. That's the difference. Satan will con- convince us that we have self-control when really we have manipulation on our hearts. It's really, really easy to be in a room full of people that are worked up and be the only calm person and get exactly what you want. 
Because whenever people start getting worked up and they can't control themselves, they're not thinking rationally. If you can be the only calm person in that room, you can get just about anything done that you want to get done. Because you can manipulate the situation and move these people around like pawns so that the exact outcome that you want happens. But if you're sitting in self-control, you don't care if you get what you want. You care if you get what the Holy Spirit wants. As you can see, there's a common thread through all of these fruits of the flesh compared to the fruits of the Spirit. They're so similar in so many ways. Loyalty and faithfulness would probably be synonyms if you looked them up in the dictionary or the whatever, the, the, the thesaurus. Thank you, mama. They'd probably be synonyms if you looked them up that way because Satan is so cunning that he gets everything just so close. He puts so much truth to lure us in and then he kills us with the lie. The difference between many, if not all of these, is the motives of the heart. Everything in our walk with Christ will always come back to our heart. Is our heart for Christ or is our heart for ourself? Is our heart for numbers and show and looking good or is our heart to see lost people saved and and the saints of God built up in their faith? It comes back to the motives of the heart. And the only way to know the difference between the fruits of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit is to know the spirit and the one that sent him. We've got to know who he is and where he's come from. Pastor Tim has said this many times, the Holy Spirit is not an it, it's a he. He is a person of the Godhead. He's not just a a mythical, magical thing floating around. He is a person of the Godhead. He is more real than I am standing in front of you right now. Because I'm standing in front of you right now in a body that will wither and fade and go away. But the Holy Spirit that lives in me is eternal. It is everlasting. The only way to know the difference is to know the Spirit and the one that sent him. But as followers of Christ, we don't have to walk in the flesh. We don't have to take the bait of the enemy. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And while we were dead, he made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. We went from dead to alive in Christ and seated with him in the heavenlies. We've got to see that truth as the body of Christ. If we can't see that and understand it and believe it, we will never walk in the spirit. We will always be controlled by our flesh, which is easily controlled by the enemy. Verse seven, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We don't have to be bound by the flesh. We don't have to be the grumpy people that go into monocles on a Sunday afternoon for pizza. We can be the ones that go in there and eat the disgusting pizza that has gross toppings on it because they messed it up and we're not gonna be that person. And even if we do send it back, we're going to tell them it's okay and we're still going to tip them well because we love them. Simple, silly reasons. 
But it's a perfect example of what walking in the spirit looks like. We're not controlled by what's going on around us. We're controlled by what's in us. And that is the Holy Spirit. We can make a decision every single day to crucify our flesh, take our seat in the heavenly places, and walk in the Spirit. Where are you walking today? If you want to see a change in your life, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your kids, whether it's your finances, people in church don't like to talk about money. Okay, I don't care. It's in Scripture. God's going to bless us. Is he a genie in the bottle? We're just going to rub it's like, oh yeah, I'm rich now. No. It doesn't always look like a check coming in. Sometimes it looks like a check that didn't have to go out. Sometimes it looks like an old beater vehicle that still keeps going beyond all reasonable belief. Sometimes it looks like the air conditioner that couldn't keep up in that tiny little 1,000 square foot house that we lived in when we first got married. But it kept going. It had no reason to go. It couldn't keep up, but it kept going. If you want to see the change in those areas or any other area in your life, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. And I'm going to do you one better. If none of that happens and the air conditioner quits working and your car breaks down and you're broke, guess what? When you're in the Spirit, the things of the flesh don't mean anything anyways. When you are focused on Christ and eternity with him and bringing as many people with you as you can, none of that other garbage matters anyways. It's not going with me. The air conditioner's never going to break in heaven. I'm not going to sweat. I can't wait. I'm not going to stay up and eat ice cream at midnight. Actually, maybe I will, but it's not going to do anything. <laughs> Amen. When we walk in the spirit and we're focused on that, none of this matters. What can Satan do to me? He could have somebody come in right now and put a sack on my head and kidnap me and I could never see my family again and they could torture me and kill me. And guess what? I win. Because I have Christ in me. Because my focus is on him. Guess what? The first thing I'm going to want to do is kill those people. But the second thing that I'm going to do because I'm not going to walk in the flesh is preach the gospel to them. That's what walking in the spirit looks like. Not throat punching me yesterday like you really, really wanted to. Well, preach the gospel first, then throat punch. Right. Amen. Now, I know there are still some people that are sitting there thinking like, man, this sounds great. Pastor Josh is really excited about it. This all sounds wonderful. But how? I'm so glad you asked. Because scripture that we've already read this morning tells us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You want to know how to walk in the spirit? Walk in the good works he's called you to. It's really, really, really difficult to get sucked into the flesh when you are too focused on walking in the good works that God has predestined for your life. I am not worried about my bills getting paid whenever I'm out to paying for someone else's groceries. I'm not worried about my car breaking down when I pull over to the side of the road to help somebody else fix a flat tire. I'm not worried about anything in the flesh when I'm walking in the good works that God has created for me. And I'm also here to tell you this morning, is anybody here grateful that we get to come into a church building that has clean toilets every Sunday? 
that we get to come into a church that has air conditioning and or heat running depending on the time of the year and there's always coffee made back there and everything's clean and nice and orderly. We can thank Larry for the toilets. We can thank Bill and Tim for the air conditioning slash heat and the coffee. We can thank Jackie back there for coming in and getting the, the sound system and the TV screens and lights on and stuff all turned on. Those are good works that have been predestined for us to do. It doesn't have to be standing up here preaching a message. It doesn't have to be going out there and traveling the world. It doesn't have to be going out there and, and buying someone's groceries. It doesn't have to be taking in an orphan child. Those are all good things. We should do those things when we're called to do them. But it can look like the little things too. Who are we to decide what is a good work that it was preordained by God and what's not? Why don't we all just focus on walking in the ones that he gave us to do? We spend a lot of time in the church, this church, the church, the body of Christ, all Christians all over the world, all together in one group. We spend a lot of time worrying about the good works that Brother James is supposed to do. We spend a lot of time worrying about the the things that, that Ryan was supposed to do. We're so focused on the fact that Brother James didn't do exactly what he was supposed to do that I didn't do the 10 things that I was just supposed to do. I've got it in my notes later on somewhere in this, but I'm going to say it now, and I wish Larry was in here, but he's back there taking care of the kids, so let's pray for Larry. But Larry, I don't care what conversation Larry and I have, if it's a Sunday, a Wednesday, a Thursday after an elders meeting, it doesn't matter when it is. The conversation always comes back to one thing. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about any of us. It's about Jesus Christ and him being magnified, him being crucified, and that blood being good for everybody. That's what it's about. When we really get that mindset and that focus, the flesh doesn't matter. When you really get that mindset and that focus and you're filled with the Spirit, you want to do the good works. Will Satan tempt you to get in the flesh? Yes. I already told you, he won yesterday for several hours with me. I was very fleshly yesterday for a very long time because I was tricked by the things that I'm going over with you right now. But praise God that the Holy Spirit in me didn't just let it go. Thank God that the Holy Spirit in my wife didn't just let it go. We're really good. Christians are really good at sweeping stuff under the rug. That's like our specialty. Yelling at waitresses and sweeping stuff under the rug. That's like our thing. We're so good at ignoring the actual problem and just putting a Band-Aid on it. We're really good at taking ibuprofen for our headache instead of drinking water and taking care of the root problem. It's impossible to ignore the real problem when we're walking in the Spirit because he will show it to us. The flesh, everything that rises up in the flesh is all just a symptom of what's really going on with our spirit. What's really going on with Galatians chapter five, and I don't have it in here, but I'm gonna read it anyways because I know right where it's at. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. That is the difference between walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. That's the key. Because when we don't do the things that we want to do, like Paul is describing, that's when we yell at the waitress. That's when we don't stop to help the person on the side of the road. That's when we don't pay for that person's groceries. That's when we don't tithe because we're more concerned about our bills than God's. When we walk in the flesh, that's where we make the mistakes. If you're truly walking in the spirit, And I'm not saying you can be perfect because only Jesus was perfect. But if you're truly walking in the spirit, 
the mistakes will be next to zero. If you're truly walking in the Spirit, listen, again, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Even when we're walking in the Spirit, we might think we heard one thing and we were a little bit off. But when we're walking in the flesh, we're a lot of bit off. Every single time. The odds of getting it right in the flesh are pretty close to 100% of getting it wrong. Did I say wrong or right? I don't know. You know what I meant. But walking in the Spirit is the key. I don't even know where I'm at. Can we just call it what it is? Walking in the Spirit happens when we're focused on me. Walking in the flesh happens when we're talking about me. Messing stuff up and missing out on all the good works that God has prepared for us is because we're focused on me. The flesh is about me. The spirit is about Christ. That's probably the best deciding factor. All the fruits of the flesh versus the fruits of the spirit, that's great. Is it about you or is it about other people? I'm not saying to harm yourself in the process just to help other people. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's about putting others first. That is a key. There's a reason that walking in good works immediately follows salvation in Scripture. Paul didn't just put those two together out of coincidence or because it sounded eloquent or fancy. Our salvation is secured by putting our faith in Christ and then it's time to start walking in the spirit that we were given as a free gift. Paul put those two back to back. He brought them together in scripture because he wants us to understand that once we have secured salvation, once we have put our faith in Christ, it's time to take our seat next to him. It's not, it's not a, a long drawn out process like it is in this earth. If you're getting a promotion and, and you have to, first you have to start, a, for me I had to start as a pre-apprentice and then I had to be an apprentice and then I had to be a journeyman and then I had to be a foreman and it took years upon years to get all of those things done. It doesn't take years and years and years to earn our seat in the heavenly places next to Christ. It doesn't take years and years and years for us to learn how to get there. And get, We are seated in the heavenlies with Christ when we are born again with him. We grow and mature over time, but your identity is secure the moment that you put your faith in Christ. And from that moment, whenever you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you can walk in the Spirit. So where are you walking today? Allie, you can come on up and get ready to close. Are you walking in the dead sins of the flesh? Remember, we talked about it being a heart problem. Are you walking in dead works of the flesh? Pastor Tim talks about that regularly because it's a big deal, especially in the church. We're easily deceived into our flesh and we're easily deceived that, that we're doing this for a good reason when really it's about us. Really, it's about recognition. Really, it's about advancement. Really, it's about a platform. Really, it's about whatever it is that's not the root cause that Christ has put in our hearts. Listen, I want to remind you of something today. If your answer to the question of where are you walking is flesh, you're not a bad Christian. You are not a failure. If that's true, then I'm right there with you. You are not going to hell because you are in your flesh. 
You don't earn salvation and then you miss a good work and then you lose it. And then you, then you get salvation again and then you, you forget to do something, you walk in your flesh and then you lose it. That's not how it works. If you are, were, or will be, because we probably all will be at some point because we're battling this flesh like Paul told us in Galatians 5, don't beat yourself up and do not let the enemy beat you up. I think it's a Louis Giglio book title, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Quit listening to the lies that tell you that you're a failure, that you're a bad Christian, that you're not spiritual enough, that you're not saved enough, as if that's a thing. Stop listening to the lies because the lies are the path of the flesh. The truth of God's word is the path in the spirit. But we all have a choice. We all get to choose whether we're going to walk in the flesh or whether we're going to walk in the spirit. God is a gentleman. He will not force you one way or another, but he will call you to the spirit every time. It's that still small voice. It's that audible voice. It's the written word of God. Whatever it is, the way, the way that, listen, I just talked about this recently too. I think it was online somewhere. I have three sons. I've got Peter, Zeke, and Caleb. And I speak to them all completely differently because they're different people. Peter's like me. I can look at him and he just starts to cry. He's very sensitive. Caleb, you about got to whoop that kid's butt to get a message across. He is stubborn. Like, I'm not sure where he got that from, but. Zeke, it just depends on the day. But you get the point. They're all different. I communicate with them differently. Just because you don't hear from God audibly like someone else does, doesn't mean you don't hear from God. Just because your walk with God looks different than someone else's, doesn't mean you're not walking with God. Stop comparing your walk to someone else's. Compare it to yours yesterday. Are you closer to Christ today than you were yesterday? Did you wake up this morning and say, God, lead me in the spirit. I want to walk in your spirit. I want to do the good works that you have ordained for me to do today. It doesn't matter what I do. You weren't called to be me. You weren't called to be Allie. You weren't called to be Jim. You weren't called to be anybody but you. Just what I told you earlier, God created you for a purpose. He has a calling and an anointing for your life, and he has a plan and a purpose and a calling and anointing for every single person here. Sometimes God will single somebody out to, to raise them up, to call something out of them, but I want you to know, don't get lost on that and think, oh, that, why didn't he call me out? I must not, God must not have a plan for my life because he didn't say anything to me. That's a lie from hell. If we will walk in the Spirit, we'll know exactly what we're supposed to do. We'll know exactly who we are in Christ, seated in the heavenlies, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, a royal priesthood, a child of God. That's another lie that the world has. Not everybody's a child of God. You are given the gift of being called a child of God when you accept Christ. So if you have accepted Christ, you are a child of God. If you have not, please come up as we sing this last song and talk to me. But once you are a child of God and he has a plan and a purpose and a destiny and anointing and a ministry for your life, walk in the spirit so you don't 
miss out. Trust me, the regret of missing things that God calls you to do is far worse than whatever it takes to get you there. Whatever temptation you have to resist to get you there is not as bad as the regret for not having walked in the spirit in the first place. And we can do that by walking in the good works that he's given us, by seeking him daily, spending time in his word. You're never going to come to Jonathan Creek and not hear, read your Bible and pray. Because I, I could come up here and I, I don't know who the greatest speaker in the world is. I could come up here and give the uh, a fancy message that goes, gets billions of views on the internet. It's nothing compared to the word of God. I don't care what internet minister that you love to listen to that speaks directly to your soul, you better check them against the word of God. You better go home and find this online whenever it's there or write down the verses that we talked about and you better double check me. Because the word of God is what leads us to the spirit. It's the word of God because it's his words. I said it before, if you want to know what God sounds like, Read what he wrote. He sounds an awful lot like this. I want us to understand the impact that it will have in our lives and the lives around us if we truly walk in the Spirit. I pray for this church that each and every one of us will have a new fire, a new desire to walk in the Spirit every single day. If we can get a hold of that, guys, it's going to be incredible. Everybody wants revival. I, think, I forget who sings it. Why not me? Why not now? Why not us? Walking in the Spirit is how we get there. Father, I thank you so much for your word that's alive and active. God, I thank you for each and every individual that is here this morning. God, I pray that you would continue to speak to us each and every day, Lord. Convict us back to righteousness. Remind us when we're walking in the flesh. Pull us out of the flesh that's been crucified and bring us into the spirit with you. God, we are open vessels. We ask that you would fill us with your spirit and use us how you would. God, I pray for this church as a whole this morning. God, we give up our own desires for the desires that you have for us. Lord, we repent for the times that we have chosen our own will and our own fleshly desires over yours. Lord, we know that you are faithful that you will use those who make themselves open and willing to you, God. We give you the control over this church, over these ministries, over our individual selves, over every single group, every single person, every single family represented here today, Lord. We give you control that you would draw us into the spirit each and every day so that we can be used the way that you have designed us to be used the way that you desire to use us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.